Now, on July 3rd, 2000, uh, July uh, 1917, July 3rd, 1917, the Post-Dispatch, which was the um, uh, newspaper at the time, okay? I'm not sure if it's the St. Louis Post-Dispatch because there was a St. Louis Post-Dispatch or if it's just a Post-Dispatch. There's a newspaper there in the area. They ran, an, uh, they ran a story about an account of... Uh, by Carlos F. Hurd, Carlos F. Hurd, okay? And um, he was a reporter, all right? And uh, the reporter scooped the uh, world with interviews of, uh, he, uh, Carlos F. Hurd, uh, he did interviews of the survivors of the Titanic. Thank okay? you for using Blog with Talk Radio. Of, uh, Titanic Goodbye. survivors for five years um, uh, prior to this, right? Now, Carlos F. Hurd uh, wrote that he witnessed the massacre of helpless Negroes in streets where a black skin was a death warrant. OK. Um, OK. Let me continue here. OK, so Carlos F. Hurd said he, he wrote that he witnessed the, quote, massacre of helpless Negroes, end quote, on streets where a black skin where quote a black skin was a death warrant a black skin was a death warrant so you're going to have more than 300 homes and businesses that are going to be burned down and the local investigation was poor it was inept okay so it's hard to know the full scope of the carnage same thing with Tulsa Oklahoma all right the official death count was 39 African Americans and nine whites but the total was probably closer to 100, okay? Total probably closer to 100. So you're gonna have factories, because you have these factories there, right? Um, as I talked about, aluminum ore company, you're gonna have uh, the railroads, things like this. Uh, America, uh, American Steel Foundry, Republican Iron Steel. So the factories are gonna beg the African-American workers to return to work, but many of them didn't. I can understand why. When the schools reopened, African-American enrollment in these schools was down more than half, more than 50%. A lengthy congressional investigation reporting one year later described the riot as savagery, described the riot as savagery. Now, Lena Cook was an eyewitness to the carnage. Lena Cook and her family were taking a streetcar home to St. Louis from a fishing outing in Illinois, okay? And uh, the streetcar uh, reached downtown East St. Louis as, an, as angry rights, whites were on the rampage. Her husband's name was um, uh, Edward, okay? Edward Cook. And her son was Lariza Beard, L-U-R-I-Z-Z-A, Lariza Beard. He was 14 years old, okay? And they were pulled from the streetcar by this angry mob of white people and shot to death. Her husband and her 14 year old son were pulled from the streetcar and shot to death. A white bystander who was a hardware merchant named William Kaiser, K-E-Y-S-E-R, William Kaiser, was also killed. And it's believed that he was killed by the same shot that passed through uh Lena Cook's son, Lariza uh, um, uh, Beard, okay? 
St. Louis County authorities eventually charged more than 140 people, most of them white, and including police officers and East St. Louis Mayor Fred Malman, M-O-L-L-M-A-N, Malman. So they're going to charge them. Indictments against the officers were, quote unquote, lost. And the charge against the uh, mayor was dropped. Charge against the mayor was dropped. You're going to have 21 people who were convicted of serious crimes, including two white men in the murder of um, William Kaiser, the uh, store merchant. Those verdicts came after the brave testimony of Lena Cook. Okay, the mother, the woman who lost her uh, husband and her son. And Lena Cook never wavered against a racist cross-examination either during the trial. Newspaper files have no mention of the verdicts in the murders of Lena Cook's husband and son. Okay. So um, there was also uh, a hero named Louis P. Allo, A-L-O-E, Louis P. Allo. Uh, I think he was a white male. He's president of the St. Louis Board of Aldermen. And... Um, he um, he was one man who tried to help uh, the African-Americans uh, in this case here. So you can read more about this. The East St. Louis race ride at uh, blackpast.org, blackpast.org. And also St. Uh, STL Today, STL Today has a good article. Look back 250, uh, race hatred. Workforce tensions explode in East St. Louis in 1917. Race hatred, workforce tensions explode in East St. Louis in 1917. You can Google East St. Louis race riot of 1917. There are very little pictures or footage uh, of this riot, of this massacre, because um, the mobs of white people attacked uh the photographers and the newspaper people and smash their cameras. So there's very little footage or um, pictures of, okay, but they have a picture of, uh, they have a few pictures of the carnage here also in the article from uh, STL Today, St. Louis Today, STL Today. Okay, uh, let's see here. All right, so this date in African-American history, you could post your, you could post your comments here. But that uh, the East St. Louis race ride in 1917, that uh, is before the uh, um, red summer of 1919. We had over 25 major race rides across this country. All right. Okay, this day in African-American history. So once again, how's everybody doing tonight? Hey, if you're just tuning in, uh, number one, share this broadcast on your own Facebook page. Invite your friends to tune in. You're uh, listening to the African History Network show. Uh, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. I'm a talk show host, researcher, lecturer, and writer. I've been studying history for 25 years. African history, African-American history, entrepreneurship, economic empowerment, things like this, right? I'm in a number of documentaries. Uh, Elementary Genocide Part 3 comes out August 22nd. I'm in that documentary uh, from director Raheem Shabazz. I'm in the Black Friday documentaries from director... Uh, uh, Rick Mathis, and we'll be doing a screening of uh, Black Friday at the Liberated Minds Black Homeschooling Education Expo in Atlanta. So I'll be in Atlanta. Uh, I'll get there on Saturday the 15th. So I'll be the 15th and the 16th. 
the Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo. So those in the Atlanta area, or if you want to travel, uh, go to um, uh, liberatedmindsexpo.com, liberatedmindsexpo.com. We'll post the link again. Liberatedmindsexpo.com. And that's the uh, Black Homeschooling Conference. Uh, I'm there each year, third weekend in July, and I'm one of I'm one of the vendors and I'm one of the presenters also. So I'll be presenting uh, on Sunday at the conference. Okay. So this is the African History Network show. We started out talking uh, tonight about um, Colin Kaepernick, his travel to Ghana, and his statement to African Americans: How can you celebrate Independence Day when um, African when our ancestors were robbed of their independence because of slavery here in the U.S. Um, in 1776, right? Then we talked about five myths about slavery. Okay, broke that down. And then uh, we dealt with the um, um, East St. Louis race riot, which uh, the anniversary of uh, 1917 anniversary was July 2nd. Okay. Um, if you like this type of information, hey, you may want to register for our online course that I teach called Ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, where they didn't teach us what they didn't teach you in school. We deal with thousands of years of African history and African-American history. Um, and it's an online course that I teach. All the sessions are, uh, we do the sessions live on Fridays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All the sessions are recorded. Uh, you can watch it over and over again, okay? Uh, as soon as you register, it's, it's only $40 for the course. As soon as you register, you can watch session one and session two. You'll be, you'll be ready for class on Friday, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, the, the information will blow you away, okay? Uh, when we come back, we'll, do it, we'll wrap up with this date in African-American history, okay? Tonight's front page challenge welcomes the outspoken Negro leader, Malcolm X. Sir, what was, what's the real reason why you two men split? Is it merely ideological or is it personality? What else? Probably personality. It was not uh, the statement that uh, originally was gave, given uh, by the movement when, I, when we split. More personality than anything else. You've called people like Martin Luther King, who just got a Nobel Peace Prize, uh, an Uncle Tom. Is this correct? First? Well, I'd rather say that uh, in the States, there's a law that has recently been passed or a decision handed down by the court wherein if you call someone an Uncle Tom, they can sue you for libel. Well, so I never refer to them as Uncle Tom. I would say that Uncle Martin is my friend. Uncle Martin is your friend, yet you would disagree with his uh, approach to what he wants to accomplish. Definitely. If his approach would bring about uh, what the black man in America needs to completely eliminate the problem that we have, I would say well and good. But I very much doubt that uh, anyone who uh, adopts the approach that Martin Luther King has been teaching to our people in that country can point to any meaningful gains that has actually served to solve the problem. Black Muslims uh, have sometimes, whether you have or not, and I think probably you have, have sometimes, it seemed to me, been preaching hate to meet hate. Uh, I don't advocate any kind of hate. But there's a lot that, of talk that sounds very much like it. No, I think that the guilt complex of the American white man is so profound until when you begin to analyze the real condition of the black man in America, Instead of the American white man eliminating the causes that create that condition, he tries to cover it up by accusing his accusers of teaching hate. But actually, they're just exposing him for 
being responsible for what exists. Well, that's, that's uh, something of, of an argument, but I've heard speeches made by some of the people of your group. I think I've heard you make speeches. It seemed to me that you were advocating uh, what I would have to describe, I think, as violence to meet the serious injuries that have been done to your people, with which I totally agree. I don't call that violence. Uh, I don't in any way encourage black people to go out and initiate acts of aggression indiscriminately against whites. But I do believe that the black man in the United States and any human being anywhere is well within his right to do whatever is necessary by any means necessary to protect his life and property, especially in a, in a country where the federal government itself has proven that it is either uh, in, unable or unwilling to protect the lives and property of those human beings. Just before Pierre takes it, you've got a pretty good fighter in the world's heavyweight champion lined up with you to help out. Yes, Pierre. Well, Mr. X, if I guess I call you that. Is that a proper uh, appellation, yes. Mr. X? I, I'm wondering if you still believe, as I think you certainly did you know, at the time you were allied to the black Muslim movement, in a segregated black nation no. in North America. I don't believe in any form of segregation or any form of racism. Uh, I'm against any form of segregation and against racism. Is it, am I right in saying that the black Muslim movement, which you have left, did believe in that? Well, Elijah Muhammad taught his followers that the only solution was a separate state yeah. for black people. And as long as I thought he genuinely believed that himself, uh, I believed in him and believed in his solution. But when I began to doubt that he himself believed that that was feasible, and I saw no kind of action designed to bring it into existence or bring it about, then uh, I turned in a different direction. Are you still a Muslim yourself? Oh, yes. I'm You're a Muslim. I believe in the religion of Islam, which believes in brotherhood, complete brotherhood of all people. But at the same time that I believe in this brotherhood, I don't believe in forcing my uh, desire for brotherhood upon those who aren't willing to accept it. Of course, I think the Christians would say that they also believed in brotherhood. What did you say to that? I'd say they believe in it, but don't practice it. <laughs> well, that'd be a pretty good answer. <laughs> Sir, when the Muezzin uh, goes up in the minaret, Twice a day, he cries to the world, there is but one God, and he is Allah. Do you deny that there is a Christian God? Uh, the Muezzin does this five times a day. Five times, and I only heard him twice. Well, you were fortunate to hear him twice. <laughs> but he does this five times a day, and the same God that he says, uh, that he expresses the existence of, is the God that the Christians profess to believe in themselves, and the God that the Jews believe in, one God, the creator of the universe. The Muslims believe in the God that created the universe, and I think the Christians do, and the Jews do. Now, as long as all of them are talking about the Creator, uh, the Jews may call him Jehovah, and Christians may have another name for him. Those who are Arabic-speaking refer to him as Allah. Well, we believe in the same God. Now, as the Muslim religion advances in the United States, are you uh, modernizing it or, or sticking with the old faiths? For example, the complete segregation of the sexes. I think that everything today on this earth is being modernized. Uh, religious uh, principles and practices, as well as political and other, and other things. Now, when you went to Mecca, this is a very sacred and forbidden city. I tried to get to Mecca myself and certainly didn't make it, uh, not being a Muslim. But how would they accept you as one? You're an American. There are few American Muslims. This is true. And by being an American and not having uh, any not being able to speak the Arabic language, I did strike a snag, a very serious snag, but I was fortunate uh, to have been pretty well known by the officials in Arabia, and they knew, too, that I had uh, accepted 
orthodox Islam. It had been highly publicized in the paper, and I became a guest of the state. I was a guest of who? Of Prince Faisal, the present King Faisal. Faisal. And they made it possible for me to go before the committee, Hajj committee or Hajj court, who examines you and, and asks you questions about your belief. And if you pass it, then you are okay to go to Mecca. But it's you would true. have to have a translator there. Uh, oh, I had one. Then we realizing that our problem in America, that we are black Americans and we have a problem that goes beyond religion. We formed a group known as the Organization of Afro-American Unity. And the objective of this organization is non-religious, number one. Any Negro can belong to it. And the objective of, the, of that organization is to uh, bring about a condition that will guarantee respect and recognition of the 22 million black Americans as human beings. We feel that the problem, number one, of the black man in America is beyond America's ability to solve. It's a human problem, not an American problem or a Negro problem. And as a human problem or a world problem, we feel that it should be taken out of the jurisdiction of the United States government and the United States courts and taken into the United Nations in the same manner that the problems of the black man in South Africa, Angola, and other parts of the world, and even the way they're trying to bring the problems of the Jews in Russia into the United Nations because of violation of human rights. We believe that our problem is one not of violation of civil rights, but a violation of human rights. Not only are we denied the right to be a citizen in the United States, we're denied the right to be a human being. Rex, may I thank you very much for coming on our program and perhaps clearing away some of the cobwebs of misconception that some of us might have had about your belief. And I think you're a very sincere man, and it takes a lot of courage to, ad uh, to admit a former belief is wrong, and we congratulate you for that and the service you performed tonight in giving us your views. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, so that was from uh, 1965. That was in, uh, that's from the CBC, uh, Canadian Broadcasting Company. It's either January or February 1965, because we know uh, Brother Malcolm was assassinated February 21st, uh, 1965, at the Audubon, Audubon Ballroom, right? Uh, so it's either February, January, either January or February 1965, okay? All right, so um, shout out to everybody. How's everybody doing? Y'all hanging with me, too. Damn, it's midnight. Uh, I didn't realize it's this, this late, man, but you know. I get caught up in history and I just go. I'm tired, but I get in and I talk, start talking about history. You know, I just, I just go. All right. So uh, Melvin on Facebook said uh, my first time here, but not my last. I've learned something tonight, brother. I thank you for trying to enlighten our minds. Um, okay. So we got Stephanie, uh, Josh. Uh, he said, I love brother Malcolm. Shirley Carter in the house. Phyllis said, what's going on here? Um, the African History Network shows a whole lot going on. Uh, 915 in L.A., Wendell said, okay. <laughs> that L.A. is three hours behind us. We're Eastern Standard Time here in Detroit. Okay. Uh, no, I'm not in California. No. You know, I've never been to California. Hey, now, if you want me to do a presentation for your group or organization, email me. Uh, go to AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Go to our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Uh, you can contact me through the uh, website, email me through the website. If you want to bring me in and do a presentation for your group or organization, I've never been to California, okay? Been in Seattle, Washington, so you could bring bring me uh, out to your, um, do a presentation for your group or organization. 
And also at our website, we have a recommended reading list of books, recommended reading list of 60 books. So people always ask, well, what books should I read? What books should I read? We have a recommended reading list there that you can start with to build your education center. Every African-American home should have an education center. We have entertainment centers. We have a flat screen TVs and the Wii's and the Playstations and the Xboxes and Blu-ray DVD players. And, you know, we have all this type of stuff, the, the entertainment center. We have to have education centers. We come from a people who had libraries. Not only did we have libraries, but when the Moors go into Europe, they're going to build libraries there. And the first university in Europe was the University of Salamanca in Spain, 1285 AD approximately. This was built by the African Moors and Arabs. And we have libraries in, you know, uh, uh, Timbuktu and uh, Janae and uh, these West African uh, civilizations, West African cities, things like this. We have them in ancient Kemet uh, libraries also. We need to have libraries in every African-American home. Not a library, but a library. And it, you have to have the African history books and the science books and the math books and the, the, the almanacs and the atlases and the thesaurus and uh, the dictionaries and the globes and all this stuff there. And encyclopedias, you may have an online encyclopedia, DVD, ROM, or you may have a physical encyclopedia also. But we have to have education centers, okay, in every African-American home. All right. Um, okay, some, somebody asked, who was that? I'm Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network. I'm the creator, owner of the Facebook fan page we're broadcasting on, the African History Network. You have almost almost a million followers here. Share this broadcast on your own Facebook page. Invite your friends to tune in. Uh, also at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Uh, we'll post a link again. Uh, all of my DVD lectures are there. Okay, so I have over 30 DVD lectures. We have bundle packs. We have the uh, Reclaiming uh, the African Mind bundle pack. Uh, it has my latest DVD lectures there right on the homepage. You know, visit AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have another bundle pack. You get 23 of my lectures for uh, one low price also. It's right on the homepage also. And uh, it can, uh, the website connects you to our YouTube channel where we have over 600 video clips. You can also listen to audio podcasts of our radio shows. We have over 750 audio podcasts. And you can read my articles that I write also. So AfricanHistoryNetwork.com connects you to all of that. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Okay. All right. Uh, let me get to, we'll get to this date in African American history in just a minute here. Let me get to some of your comments here. Uh, Alexis said, I agree 100%. Doris in New York, how are you doing? If people did their research, they would, there would be no time for BS or CL. I agree with that. All right. People did their research. Um, there'd be no time for a bunch of nonsense. All right. Your thoughts create feelings. Your feelings create actions and behaviors. Your actions and behaviors create results. Your thoughts create feelings. Your feelings create actions and behaviors. Your actions and behaviors create results. Okay. This date in African-American history, July 6th, the National Council of Colored People was formed on this date in 1853. The National Council of Colored People formed on this date in 1853. The group's uh, purpose was to improve vocational training for African-Americans. The group's purpose was to uh, uh, improve vocational training for African-Americans. Ida B. Wells Barnett. Ida B. Wells. Now, this was one of the original Ride or Die chicks. Now, okay, I do um, I do four online courses. 
ancient Kemet the Moors and the Ma'af for understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach in school. That's the most popular course. I do great African women in history, the mothers of civilization. I also have a DVD lecture of that title also. I do how Richard Nixon's war on drugs was a war on the African-American community. and have a DVD lecture on that as well. And uh, Empire Strikes Black, the propaganda of the media. And, so, and some of these online courses develop out of um, lectures that I did and I have just too much information to put into, you know, a lecture. Okay. So we developed these in the online courses. But Ida Wells Barnett was one of the original ride or die chicks. Okay. Because this sister carried a pistol on one time. She advocated for African-Americans to have a Winchester in every African-American home. She was a reformer who gathered the first statistical recordings on lynchings in the United States. And she was born in Hollis Springs, Missouri, uh, July 6, 1862. Okay. I got to post an article about her, man. This, this sister right here was not playing. This was a real Renaissance woman. Okay. And she was a member. Uh, I think she's, if I remember correctly, she was a member of the Afro-American council. Okay. That was formed in 1898, but she was one of the founding members of the social, uh, uh, um, national association of the advancement of color people NAACP also. Okay. Uh, yeah, because she was in the Afro-American Council and uh, she was in the Niagara Movement as well. She was in the Niagara Movement and William Monroe Trotter fell out with the Niagara Movement because he was against women joining. And he's going to leave the Niagara Movement, form another organization. William Monroe Trotter, who's a bad brother also in his own right, little male chauvinistic. Uh, but William Monroe Trotter is going to be um, one of the organizers of the NAACP, but he did not join the NAACP. Because he was alarmed by the white money flowing into the NAACP, okay? But we know that um, uh, Dr. W.B. Du Bois and Ida B. Wells Barnett are going to be founding members of the NAACP. Of the about 57 or so members, only about seven were African American of the founding members. So she was born July 6, uh, 1852. July 6, 1852. And I need to, I got to post an article uh, from um, blackden.com about uh, Ida B. Wells Barnett and the Moss Store Massacre. The Moss Store Massacre. Okay, uh, this date in 1868. So this is three years after the Civil War ends. The South Carolina General Assembly met with um, an African American majority among their legislature among their legislators, this date in 1868, this became the first time in American, uh, this became the first time in American legislature had an African-American majority. Okay, this is in South Carolina, 1868. There's a lot of African-Americans in South Carolina. This is during Reconstruction, you know, during Reconstruction, and Reconstruction is going to bring about a backlash uh, to African-Americans when um, Reconstruction ends in 1877 with the Compromise of 1877. And anytime we make significant advancements, there's always a backlash. Richard Nixon was elected president in 1868 as a backlash to African-American advancement, a backlash to the Civil Rights Act, uh, to, to the Civil Rights Movement, Voting Rights Act, Black Power Movement, things like this. Donald Trump, with the help of Russia, he's about to go, he's about to meet his daddy, Vladimir Putin, on Friday. Uh, the Darth Vader's about to meet the emperor. Remember, Darth Vader 
about the Darth Vader was bad when he was in the room with other people. The emperor came into the room. Darth Vader bowed down to the emperor. Yes, my Lord. What can I do, my Lord? You want me to shine your shoes, my Lord? Okay. So uh, Donald Trump is about to meet his daddy, uh, Vladimir Putin. Okay. Uh, that's why he doesn't say anything bad about Vladimir Putin. Because Donald Trump is the first Russian president of the United States of America. He is a Russian asset. Okay. And when the information comes out, all the information comes out. I've been telling you for months. If you've been listening to the podcast, you've been watching my shows. If you've, if you've seen the articles that I posted, I've been telling you for months that Russia was behind the hacking of the DNC. Russia interfered with the election. They wanted Donald Trump to be president over Hillary Clinton. I told you that uh, I've, been, I've been predicting all this stuff here. And uh, the, uh, when all this information comes out, it's going to be worse than Watergate. When all this information comes out, it's going to be worse than Watergate. You, you understand, uh, Watergate was a, uh, a third-rate break-in, Okay. Watergate was a third rate break in. The real problem with Watergate wasn't the break in, it was the cover up. It was the cover up. And Richard Nixon was forced to resign from office. Articles of impeachment were drawn up. First article of impeachment, obstruction, obstruction of justice. Second article of impeachment, abuse of power. Who does that sound like? Richard Nixon resigned from office. He got a pardon from Gerald Ford, who became president. But 48 people around Richard Nixon went to prison because they helped in the cover up. 48 people around Richard Nixon went to prison because they helped in the cover up. So those working in the White House, I hope you have lawyered up because you're going to need it. I hope you have lawyered up because you're going to need it. Because when all this information comes out and the and the and former, if you watch MSNBC. And I watch it every day. You watch MSNBC. They have been interviewing former prosecutors and assistant prosecutors in Watergate. And they're all saying what's going on right now with Trump and Russia. They're saying this stuff is worse than Watergate. They were involved in Watergate. They're saying this is worse than Watergate. Okay. So mark my words. It's going to be a whole lot of people going down. All right. Uh, continue this date in African American history. Um, Let's see. Okay. So Althea Gibson. Okay. Um, Althea Gibson and Facebook. Okay. So Althea Gibson, tennis legend, African-American tennis legend, won the women's Wimbledon uh, singles championship July 6, 1957, becoming the first African-American person to do so. Althea Gibson. She was a legend. The African nation of Malawi. The African nation of Malawi gained their independence uh, July 6, 1964. Daniel Lewis Satchmo Armstrong, better known as Louis Armstrong. Daniel Lewis Satchmo Armstrong, legendary trumpeteer, died in Corona, Queens, New York. This date, 1971. The African nation of uh, Comoros. Uh, C-O-M-O-R-O-S, African nation of Comoros, gained its independence on this date in 1975. And uh, on this date in 1936, uh, I'm sorry, uh, this date in 1990, this date in 1990, 
Olympic gold medalist Jesse Owens, winner of four Olympic gold medals in Berlin at the 1936 Olympics. He was commemorated on a U.S. postage stamp on a U.S. postage stamp this date in 1990. This date in 1990, Jesse Owens was commemorated on a U.S. postage stamp. You can read more facts about this date in African history and African American history at yenoba.com. Y-e-n-o-b-a. Yenoba.com. Okay. All right. So um, Stephanie said, "Oh, brother, what, what are you saying, old brother, about?" Um, Sandy said, "100 times worse than Watergate." Yeah, this is this this is collusion with a foreign power, uh, foreign adversary, to influence the election to favor one candidate over another. And you're going to find out these, these, these fools knew about it. You're going to find out that Trump and all of them, no, this is collusion. You're going to find out they knew about it. Now, the question is, uh, what did you know and when did you know it? But no, there's evidence of collusion also. And uh, Representative Adam Schiff, who's on, this, uh, on the U.S. House of Representatives Intel Committee, he's part of the Gang of Eight, if I remember correctly. He sees the most sensitive, he sees the most sensitive uh intelligence okay because there's a gang of eight there the are eight uh it's a combination of eight u.s senators and members of the house of representatives who see the most sensitive u.s intelligence he was on uh all in with chris hayes july 6 2017 8 p.m edition go to msnbc.com uh you can watch the clip there he was interviewed and chris hayes asked him because trump was in poland this morning and waffling over uh, Russia's involvement. And he said, yeah, I believe it was Russia, but it could have been other countries, blah, blah, blah. And Chris Hayes asked Representative Adam Schiff, he said, you see the most sensitive intelligence. He said, have you seen uh, uh, any intelligence that says it was other countries besides Russia? He said, no. He said, no, this was Russia. This was Russia involved in this. Uh, this was Russia behind this. And this, I'm just telling you, Hold on to your seats because this stuff about to drop. And if you look at Robert Mueller, special counsel, Robert Mueller, former FBI director, you look at the prosecutors he's bringing on. Oh, this is going to be, oh, it's going to be a whole lot of these people going to prison. I think Jared Kushner's going down. Jared Kushner has a $285 million loan from Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank is the largest creditor to Donald Trump. Deutsche Bank got popped by the U.S. government, Department of Justice, for, um, Laundering $10 billion in Russian money. This is all in the news. Deutsche Bank, research it. Preet Bharara was also investigating Deutsche Bank because Trump Tower was in Preet Bharara's uh, uh, jurisdiction in Manhattan. U.S. attorney in Manhattan who Donald Trump fired. He fires Preet Bharara. Preet Bharara was also investigating Deutsche Bank, the largest creditor to Donald Trump. And we just found out a, two, a few days ago that... Jared Kushner, senior advisor to Donald Trump, who has no political experience, owes Deutsche Bank $285 million. Okay. All right. Yeah. Only white people can get away with some stuff like this and get this far. I'm telling you, only this is white privilege at its finest. Only white people could get away with some stuff like with some criminal stuff like this and get this far. But God don't like ugly. So your asses are going down. All right. Okay. Um, all right. So, hey, guys, we got to get out of here. Hey, register for our online class. 
in AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Also, we have a bundle pack, uh, a bundle course pack, bundle course pack for $80. You can register for all four of my classes for $80, regularly $120. So that saves you, um, saves you $40 here. Uh, hey, remember at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's correct, wrong behavior is not over till we win. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.